Hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Forever Dynasty podcast. I've completely lost track, Zach, of what number we're on because it's been way too long since we last spoke. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. This is number seven, and I only happen to know that because I took a peek earlier. Uh, yeah, man, it's been way too long. What's it been, like five months since we last got on here? Uh, I think last time was February, six months. Um, and, and there's been uh, no activity in the league since then either. There's been none. I mean, it's been horrible. No, actually, it's, it's picked up a little bit in these last couple of weeks, but we got a little quiet there. What was it in the uh, the April to June area? I think we had like three trades in two months or something like that. Everyone was just tired of me, I guess. They didn't want to hear what I had to say about their <laughs> trades. But uh, yeah, you man, know, I'm, I'm I happy to be you, back. I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel every year after, it's not after the Super Bowl, it's for me, it's after the NFL draft that I do get a little bit of a lull. Like once I've had that excitement, it's, you know, that post Christmas morning where you, you open up the day after we do our rookie drafts, you see your roster, you see all the beautiful rookies. And then you're like, I I don't know. I just need a couple of weeks. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. I went so much into those rookie drafts. I was just checked out for a couple of weeks, but for sure. And a lot of us, yeah, a lot of us are in, you know, three, four, five, you, I think, are in about 47 dynasty leagues. And, uh, you know, I can so. confirm that's not an accurate number. Okay. Can you confirm whether it's higher or lower? <laughs> I can confirm that is higher than the actual number that I'm in. No. Like that's the most you're getting out of me right now. All right. Oh, man. We, so we got a couple announcements. Uh, we'll discuss trades on the pod today, as we always do. And then we'll start back at our roots. We. You know, our first podcast, we kind of ranked the teams for 2021 and what we thought they were going to do and, and kind of where we thought they ranked. And we're going to do that again today. So um, to kick off announcements, we are announcing that there's going to be a live podcast for our 10 whole listeners. Uh, we are going to kick it in one of our cars. Uh, Steve and I are going to the Eagles Titans game in December. So um, I don't know if we'll do like an Instagram live or what we'll do, but we'll just sit here and and shoot the breeze and talk our league and talk football. And you guys are welcome to check that out if you don't have anything better to do. And if you do, then it'll be recorded so you can go back. And, I hope you uh, have yeah, something that... better to do, but it's going to be right at week 13. So that's, you know, two weeks before we start our playoffs in this league, right kind of in crunch time. It's in December for the NFL um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to the game, but also really looking forward to the tailgating podcast that we will do. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll be a blast. We'll be freezing our balls off because it, it's the, always super The cold. question, Zach, is whether there's any advantage doing it after the game when one of us will be depressed and the other <laughs> floating, or we do it before the game. We're both cautiously optimistic. I, I don't know. Maybe we just do like a five minute post game update to show the loser's sad face or something. <laughs> there better be at least at least highs and low videos and and documentation of you know someone's going home sad. So do you want to put money on a tie game? Man, I'm not trying to do that. There's no what like I would rather I would rather lose than tie. I genuinely feel that way. I I, I hate going to any event. And feeling like I didn't see a, a result. I'm going to remind you that when we get to overtime. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they can end in ties. 
gosh, we got to tell Donovan McNabb that from back in 2009 or whatever <laughs> it was. So uh, Steve and I are also starting up uh, another Dynasty League, if any of you guys are interested in joining. Um, Steve, you could probably say a little bit more, but the gist of it is um, you're going to get to start three quarterbacks. So do you want to kind of dive in on the rules? Yeah, absolutely. So this is something that has been kind of previewed um, a little bit um, previously, but basically we're looking to do a new Dynasty League that's really focused on the flex aspect. Kind of the running title we have now is Super Super Flex, or Zach, I think you said Super Duper Flex. But yeah, we're, we're going to work on that. There's a lot of details. Obviously, there's a little bit makeshift because it's August, and we know we have just a couple weeks. Um, but the concept here is you have, you know, instead of your two quarterbacks or your one quarterback and you win Super Flex, you just have three Super Flex spots. Now, if you do the math here, there's three Super Flex, three Super Flex spots and 12 teams that's 36 spots that you could theoretically start a quarterback um but you're not going to have 30 starting quarterbacks so this is going to provide a really interesting kind of game theory where you have to think how valuable is that last quarterback versus your flex player um what's your kind of strategy here how valuable do quarterbacks get i mean can you make a case and i i think zach this is one of the things we threw around is Tua more valuable than Jonathan Taylor in this league. So this is not the type of league you can kind of punch your numbers into a trade calculator and get a clear answer. Um, Kenny Pickett seems really important here because for certain teams, you're not going to be able to fill the third quarterback spot. Um, and then also kind of continuing with the theme, the rest of the roster will be filled up with flex instead of your kind of breakdown between wide receiver and running back and tight end. Um, that, that's really what's different about this league. I think we're going to keep this because it's kind of a little bit of a crazy concept down, I think, to about $10, $15. I, I, we still have to come up with the exact terms. Um, but we're looking to kind of you know get this going sooner rather than later. The idea would be if we can kind of start it in the next week, that would give us an opportunity to still finish within um, before, sorry, finish the startup, gra- startup draft before the actual NFL season starts. So we'll put out the information, but I think we want to kind of go to this league first and see if we can fill it up or to the extent, give everyone here first choice. And then we'll obviously expand to other networks and try to fill it from there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to kind of paint the picture of the league a little bit more, the three quarterback idea could be bonkers. And so we get that. And so we're going to try to keep the rest of the rules pretty vanilla um i think it was is it ppr or was a half ppr i think it was ppr because we want it right yeah. and then like six point passing touchdowns and then really like no bonuses no crazy stuff like we want to keep it pretty simple because dealing with the quarterback situation is quite a beast in and of itself so um but yeah that that could be a lot of fun it could be pretty wild and uh yeah just just another way to add some fun. Um, I'm excited to jump into that league. I think it's going to be crazy. I am I wonder, like, will we see Tua before Jonathan Taylor? Will we see Carson Wentz before, like, I don't know. I mean, Carson Wentz might be out of the league in two or three years. Do we see him before <laughs> Kyle Pitts? Like, who the heck knows? Scoring will just be so wild. So, um, yeah, why don't we get into some trades that we've had in this league? Um, hey, hold on, Zach. I'm 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 just I'm negotiating a trade right now. Give me oh my gosh. Is it in this league? 
It is in this league. Yeah, keep going. Sorry. Okay, so can can you give me any information? I can't yet. I'm not sure if it's going to go through it, but stay oh tuned. Oh, my gosh. Can you can you tell me your trade partner? Well, I guess he's not listening, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, this won't come out until well after midnight, so. All right, uh, Troutman. Oh, uh, man. Um, we're working on something here, so let's, uh, fingers crossed. Who's buying and who's selling? Just give me that much. Uh, neither. Oh, okay. It's All actually, right. uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's neither. All right. Well, we'll see if it gets hammered out, but let's talk about some that have already gone through. Fair enough. And, um, yeah. <laughs> so let me start, um, June 30th, we had junkyard 52 and Cody were in a trade where junkyard received Garrett Wilson and Cody got, um, Chris Godwin. What were your thoughts on this deal? Uh, I know my initial thoughts were Godwin is the established player, but at the time we were really wondering if he was going to be healthy for the first four to six weeks of the season. It looks like he will play. It looks like he, you know, he's participating in practices and uh, I doubt he'll play a preseason game, but um, you know, we're looking a little bit retroactively here, but um, here in mid August, what do you think about this trade? You know, these are the type of trades that are really fun to talk about because it's it's really easy to look at some of the trades that are just a player for a pick or, or four picks. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you kind of get down to trades like this, just one on one, this is your you know your your I value this player more and you value that player more, and they're on each other's rosters. Um, you know, look, Garrett Wilson is not an easy person to evaluate because he's going into right. He has all the talent in the world. I, I think. I don't know if he has maybe the ceiling as a Jamar Chase, but he, he is a high ceiling. I mean, this guy could be really good. Um, and as much as I like to say going to the Jets is never a good thing, um, you know, you, you saw Elijah Moore last year have a good good stretch. Um, they're putting – the Jets are shockingly putting all the pieces together. Um, and if their quarterback can, well, A, stay healthy, but B, do something well, he actually might be in a good situation. Um, but Godwin's done it. Um, Godwin has really done it. And at the, I'm a little bit surprised to see Cody do this given his team structure. Um, but Godwin is not that old. And in, in my opinion, you're getting a, a wide receiver that could easily be a top five wide receiver when healthy. Um, again, some questions for Godwin about whose quarterback is going to be going forward. Um, oh, it's Tom Brady for the next decade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm laughing because I know it's true. Uh, <laughs> I, I look at this and personally, I would take the asset here that you just know is a high quality asset because when Godwin hits, you can trade him for a good first round pick. And you know, even if he's not healthy at the start of the year, he'll be healthy at the middle of the year. So Cody can run with him or get back good value. And, you know, Gary Wilson could be a bust. Like there is, Every much that possibility. Well, totally agree on on Godwin's value. I mean, I actually just took a peek at uh, Godwin's trade history in our league. Um, he was drafted at the two hundred one in our startup draft, which I mean that's really high. Um, you acquired him in twenty twenty one. You gave up a first and a second. Um, yeah, and. You're 100 right. I mean, Garrett Wilson was, I don't know exactly what pick he was in this draft, but in most drafts I've seen in Superflex, he's, you know, a top five, top six 
uh, pick. And so it's certainly not a sell low, but I, I like Godwin to be a top 15 receiver for the next four years, probably in the top 10, as long as he stays healthy. And um, yeah, I think Cody here is just buying the better player. I mean, I think that's really all it is. Um, I think Junkyard has maybe the best shot at some upside here because Garrett Wilson could be anything. Um, And he's, of course, much younger. So uh, I thought it was interesting. I, you know, Cody, you're right. His build is younger players. And we'll discuss, you know, where we think he ranks uh, shortly. But um, it's a small win for Cody for me. I mean, you just get the better player. You get a guy who's going to score a good bit. Um, What do you just really quick as an aside? What do you think about the Julio ad? What's what's your thoughts on that? You know, I think Julio's close to being done. Um, I watched him last year a lot. I mean, you know, I'm a Titans fan. So I I think, you know, I I think at the end of the day, he's pretty much done, right? I've seen him a lot. With that being said, you can get a couple good games out of him. And I think if you're the Buccaneers and you have a player like Tom Brady, who you know knows how to work with these receivers and he likes veterans, um, you don't want to screw around here. And Julio can come in and bridge the gap, hopefully, until they get Godwin back. So yeah. I like it. It's smart. Um, you get a professional in there who can at least intimidate the other side so they're not worrying about Tyler Johnson and Russell Gage, um, right? Because that doesn't scare anyone. Julio Jones may. So smart move, but look, I don't think he'll be fantasy relevant. Yeah, definitely a, th- a, a, a deal, I think, that would help the Buccaneers more than a fantasy football team, for sure. I agree. All right, next trade we, we have, um, just a day before this, June 29th, we have... Uh, Tim Brady trades away Zach Wilson and Brees Hall uh, and Dingling sends Derek Carr, Debo Samuel, and a third that Debo Samuel later gets moved. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, But yeah, so Tim Brady picking up Derek Carr and Debo for Zach Wilson and and Brees Hall, giving away some Jets. Um, I know how you feel about Jets, or at least you've you've made that known to me in in several group chats. <laughs> I don't know how facetiously, but uh, yeah. Uh, what did you think about this one? So look, so Tim Brady's obviously in a win now. Probably, uh, let me back up. I, I don't want to say he's in a win now mode, but he has the best ability to win. And I don't want to talk about what we're going to talk about later, but his team is obviously very good. So to bring in... Carr, who's probably the most underrated quarterback asset. I, I don't I don't even know if that that's a hard statement to make. No. Um he's he's 30, and every year everyone's going, This is gonna be his last year. Next year he's gonna be backing up somebody. And at the end of the he's gonna end up with like a Hall of Fame type career when this is done, and we're all gonna laugh. Um, so the car move, brilliant, right? Wilson, yeah, Wilson may be the better long-term quarterback. There's ever that chance, but Right. That that's just not the focus. Um, and Samuel overhaul to me is a no brainer. Um, Samuel with the assets he had last year um, with his scoring hall, you just don't know what you're going to get. And if the jets offense isn't good, even if hall is good, he's not going to score the points. Um, you know, you don't on a bad team have a rookie running back, just kind of take over. And, and Hall's not that type of running back. Um, he's not Jonathan Taylor. He's not, um, you know, Gurley or Elliott from years ago. He's a really good running back, but he's not going to just win your league. 
uh, unless you get him a lot of red zone opportunities, which I'm not sure about the Jets. Now, I, I think Dingling made a good trade. Don't get me wrong. Brees Hall is probably the most value of any asset in this deal. Um, but from but I think Tim did exactly what he needed to do to boost his roster up. Um, and Dingling, I, look, I think Dingling's team is good too. Um, but I think he got a little bit more maybe long-term value there, and he may sacrifice a little bit of his short-term prognosis. Yeah, I I actually disagree with a little bit of what you said. I am very in on Brees Hall. I, and I do agree with your point about the red zone issue, and, and they might be a pretty bad offense this year. So no disagreement there. Um, but I do think he can be a workhorse on the level of a John Taylor, maybe a little bit less top-end speed. I'm not you know debating that. Um, but I do like his ability to be a three-down workhorse who will be good in the red zone, albeit, you know, in maybe some limited opportunities. But I really think at the end of the year, you could be looking at RB8. And, you know, uh, for a rookie, that would be fantastic. Um, having said that, I am probably the highest out of anyone I know on Debo Samuel. Um, if you could just magically remove... Cooper Cup from the league, which obviously you can't. Uh, Debo Actually, Samuel, I'm sure you and I could. <laughs> well, are you suggesting we murder him? <laughs> what are you suggesting here? Well, this I is recorded. <laughs> I was suggesting. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if Sleeper has this option yet, but there might be like a remo- you know commissioner power to remove player. Oh, from the league. oh gosh. Okay. Whew, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, straight, I to, straight to murder there. My God, what am I doing? Uh, That's for episode nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, if you take Debo Samuel's 2021 season and you drag it and drop it in any of the last four seasons, he is at worst wide receiver two on the season. It was a true wide receiver one season. It just happened to happen in the season where Cooper Cup had a Jerry Rice level season. Uh, maybe even better than that, honestly. Uh, Debo Samuel is a true superstar to me in fantasy football. Yes, he's probably going to see a little bit less rushing, but I don't think that's going to matter because the big plays he's going to get are going to go up. He might get a little less volume, but his big breakaway plays, Trey Lance is going to chuck it. He's going to chuck it way down the field. And see, that's, deep- that's the question. I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong, um, but I do think Trey Lance does have a lot of question marks there. But you're right. Trey Lance is going to throw it deep, and if he is bad, they'll manufacture uh, touches for Debo. Right, exactly. So so if Trey Lance sucks, you're going to see more sweeps. You're going to see more screen plays. And so, you know, I, I don't think that there's really a big risk here. I feel like if it all goes wrong and totally falls apart, Debo Samuel finishes at, like, wide receiver nine. Like, I, I really just think the volume will be too great, and he's too talented to, barring injury, be outside of the top 12. There's just really no way for me. Um, yeah. I'm lower on Derek Carr than most. I'm as low as it gets on Zach Wilson, and the injury obviously doesn't help him. Um, for me, I think it's a little bit of a win for Tim Brady. Obviously, it's a big win for 2022. Um, <clears throat> I think Debo Samuel is definitely the better bet over Brees Hall. I'm almost removing the quarterbacks from this scenario, even though I think Derek Carr is definitely worth more than Zach Wilson. Um but I think Debo's the better bet than Brees Hall. Um, 
But with running back being so hard to replace, I don't know. You know, I there was about a 1% chance I thought that <laughs> Debo was going to get some running back eligibility, and holy crap, would that have been insane. But no, that, I guess that didn't get discussed. But um, Yeah, it great. Could you have imagined? So uh, let's move on. We've got one more to discuss where neither of us are involved, and then we're basically just going to get into a slew of your – moves and your shift of philosophy but right now we've got d91 and stevie wonder and this is the derrick henry trade d91 picks up derrick henry gives up michael Pittman and uh aj Dillon. we did also have uh d91 picking up a two and stevie picking up a three so as you look at this trade obviously you see one superstar going in one direction you see two quality young players going in another direction who wins the deal? What do you think about these guys? You know, I didn't do some research on this, but who was the 205 that D91 picked Where up? I will take a look, and I will have an answer in about 45 seconds okay. for you. So I'll start analyzing it up until then. I mean, look, D91, Derrick Henry, he probably has two years left of being really good. Um, this, I think, is a great move, and I like the move for him. But, I look, I think Stevie really got the better end of this deal. And it pains me to say that as a Titans fan, because I'm talking about how good Pittman is. And I'm talking about Derrick Henry's eventual not being Superman forever. But <laughs> yeah, look, Pittman's really good. Pittman's really underrated. And if you give him a competent quarterback and, and no offense last year, um, you know, to Carson Wentz, but if you give them a really competent quarterback, Pittman's going to be a potential star. I mean, he's really good. Um, he put up great numbers and again, Dylan is going to take over. And I think what people aren't talking about is in green Bay, you know, with their lack of wide receivers, Aaron Jones is going to still be really involved, but he's going to get more passing opportunities. Dylan's going to get the ball. Um, so I, I actually really like this deal mostly for Stevie wonder, but from D 91's perspective, look, he's going all in. He's trying to win this year. He does have a very win now approach specifically to his team. Um, and I think Derrick Henry has the potential to be a, you know, championship winner for the next year, possibly two. And I'm not sure Pittman or Dylan has, well, I know they don't have that upside. Um, you know, at least I don't know they don't have the upside as Henry. So it's a gamble for D91. It could pay off. And if he wins the championship, then he definitely won it. But I would probably end up on more in Stevie Wonder's side here. Sure. So that 205 did become Alec Pierce, um, but it wasn't actually taken by D91. D91 traded that pick actually to me, and then I retraded it. But he traded that right. pick and several other mid to low round picks uh, for James Conner. So um, definitely, you know, if you want to add a few draft picks on D91's sending side here, along with that 205 and just mentally throw in James Conner. Now I think the trade looks really interesting. Um, you know, I, I like it for D91. Y you get the best player. You know, we talk about that quite a bit. You get the best player, you usually win the trade. Um, I don't love, as we'll discuss in a little bit, D91's depth. And he really has no youth on his roster. He is all yeah. in, we'll, which, we'll hey, talk about that. I mean, respect that's... that. But, you know, you, you get Derrick Henry. This is a guy who's shown he's probably the most talented runner in football. And so, 
You know, there's no other players in in the game. What was he averaging before he got hurt last year? Like 28 carries a game or something like that. It's just so insane. He was just running so much, and he was getting everything he wanted. He was getting all the red zone work. Um, if you can get that for a year and a half to two years, you might be buying a 10% increase in your championship odds, and you do it. You know, Michael Pittman hasn't proven that he's a superstar yet. I really like the direction he's going. And A.J. Dillon, while I like him, you know, honestly, I see a little bit of Derrick Henry's early career in A.J. Dillon. There is a lot. So I I remember watching uh, Dillon in college when he was at BC, and all the comps were this guy could be Derrick Henry and his style. I mean, you're 100% correct. Um, And you're right about his early career status, too. Derrick Henry, his first two years, was not starting. Um, No, he was behind DeMarco Murray. Yeah. And, you know, wasn't and DeMarco Murray was good. Like, you know, DeMarco Murray was nice. He wasn't. He so, was I mean, he was yeah. good. But you could see when you watch those games that, you know, Henry had the talent that DeMarco, the very few people had. But it took Henry a while to really show it. Um, I mean, or, well, he showed the talent, but it didn't show up in the stats until about his third year. Yeah, fully agree. I I like this trade, honestly, for both. You know, Stevie, I don't think, and and we'll discuss this more, I don't think that he's quite in the top-tier mix. And so to get younger, to get what could end up being two top-10 players, you know, if they both hit, um, for a guy that has one to two years left, I think that's a great move for him. And I also think, based on the way that D91's building his team, great move for him. So, um as clear of a win-win deal to me as you can have. Yeah, no, I I agree. I like this from both sides. All right, let's dive in. Talk to me. What in the world did you do? You, (laughs) all right. You stunk it up last year. I'm going to push back and say this is not a shift in direction. Okay. So here's, I would not have made one of these moves if it wasn't for the toilet bowl. Okay. So I'd say prior to me making any of these moves, I was pretty close to you and Cody. My, no offense, but no, that's yeah, sure. I thought I was um, in terms of my ability to avoid the toilet bowl. And my entire team structure was about building up draft picks in 2023 and kind of you know, not losing value until then with my current team. So I wanted to make sure that I wasn't having players on my team that were going to lose value um, or at least lose a lot of it. And then just kind of get through to 2023 and make the picks and then really start to have a good team. I think I got a little scared this year watching the dispersal draft. (laughs) And it occurred to me, I think what I need to do is use my other draft picks or at least most of them. I did use one or two 2023s, but use my other draft picks to make sure, or at least do everything I can to make sure that I'm avoiding the dispersal draft. Sure. Now, at the end of the day, let's say I come in fifth this year or third this year, or whatever, I mean, third from the bottom, whatever it is, I missed the dispersal. So from my perspective, I could then turn around and trade Dalvin Cook, Tyree Kill, um, 
Debo Samuel, or I can go down the list and make those trades. Will I get back the same level of 2024 and 2025 draft picks? No, because I've used up a year of their of their playing. And right. by definition, their values goes down. That's, that's how it works. So the way I kind of looked at this was, am I willing to, let's say I lose two, let's say I can't get back two first round draft picks after I make all these trades next year. Mm-hmm. Um, is that worth it? to make sure that I can keep my 2023, like take out that insurance policy. And by the way, maybe I can actually pull a rabbit out of my hat and make the playoffs this year and make a run, right? Crazier things have happened. So, and by the way, if at the end of this year, if I like Tyree Kill and Debo Samuel and Dalvin Cook, could I just pair them with my 2023 picks and make a run for it in 2023 instead of having to wait a year or two for them to develop? I could. So, that 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 was the strategy here. I think I overpaid in a couple spots. Um, I think a couple spots I had good deals, but overall, I feel like I was able to use the picks in a pretty good way. Sure. So I'll just breeze through these. We don't need to break every single one down. But you traded a first, a second, and three thirds for Tyree Kill, and these are well. The first was a 2023, but the rest of these first round picks, I believe, are 2024s. Yeah, that's right. So then you traded for Dalvin Cook and two firsts, trading away Kyle Pitts. No, I'm saying I'm saying that. Yeah, trading away Kyle Pitts, Gabe Davis. I almost said it backwards. Yeah. Um, and then you also got Debo Samuel for the two 24 picks, two 24 firsts, and then a 25 second. So yeah, you really did spend a lot of kind of future assets, not really much in the way of 23 firsts, like you were saying, but you know, you added Debo Samuel top five receiver, Dalvin cook, top five running back. Tyree kill has been a top five receiver. Probably will still be a top 10. Yep. You know, we'll discuss your team more in depth in a moment. You might make, you'll probably make the playoffs this year if you stay approximately where you're at or slightly improve. So, you know, you say, like, I just was trying to kind of maintain most of my value while avoiding the dispersal draft. I think you're maybe one to two small trades away from being a top four team here. So, well, and I think that's, and that's something you didn't mention before, not to talk too much about my team because we'll have time later. But I, I do think, right, I could I change. Could I actually switch philosophies at one point and start trading the 2023 picks for players and then have a team that can compete with, uh, you know, some of the the top end? I could. Not my strategy, but it could, depending on how well, if Lawrence comes out and Lawrence is a top player, um, maybe Malik Willis starts sooner than later. And I feel like I got two really good quarterbacks and I can use these picks now. And I feel like I got the, you know, I don't need the future rookies because I got this young core now. But that's, you know, the ability to kind of switch around. Yeah. And so as we're about to jump into these rankings here, um, I didn't like factor in draft picks heavily because that's not really the point of the rankings we're doing. But I definitely allowed it to break, uh, I think, two ties for me because, you know, having, uh oh, did it go down? <laughs> Uh-oh, you got, you got some news today. If we were the fancy footballers, it would be the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-breaking I was news. trying to think if I had the courage to try to make that noise, but I, I just, you know. <laughs> oh, all, all this fuss for this? Come on This now. is a good one. There's a lot of fluff in there. But, but There's a lot of fluff in there. Go, go ahead and break it. Fluff. 
So, so let's discuss the most recent trade in our league. Uh, why don't you go ahead and break it down? Sure. This is Josh Jacobs for Antonio Gibson. Um, I think <laughs> There's Algier, a little more. <laughs> Tyler Algier. Sorry. Well, Tyler Algier has some value. And then, right. frankly, I think between Troutman and I, we were kind of throwing around a couple players that I wanted that, you know, he wanted Gaskin that we were probably going to cut anyway or that are in danger of getting cut. Um, this comes down to Gibson and Jacobs, maybe with a little bit of Algerian. Um, I'm, I obviously know the reports on Gibson and I know Troutman obviously know the, the reports on Jacobs. Neither of them are, um, how do I say this? Shining stars in their respective teams right now. Yeah. I think, um, right. I, I think Jacobs will probably not be a Raider next year. Gibson will probably not be a commander in two years. Um, but I, I was willing to take a bet on Gibson. I think even if his value goes down a little bit, I, I think what he brings to the table, he's really good. Um, I think with his receiving, I think even with the running that he brings, even if he loses some touch, even if he doesn't stay with the commanders, I, I like him a lot. Jacobs, I, I think should be better than this, but I'm also just not sure that running backs that kind of get cast off generally have that second life. And I, feel like Jacobs is about to get cast off. So I made the trade, but I really, this comes down to those two. Yeah. So I'll just name all the players because there's a couple other players in, in this deal that actually are interesting to me. So uh, Troutman gets Jacobs, Gaskin and Algier. You get uh, OJ Howard. I don't even know how to pronounce the tight ends name uh, from Las Vegas. Moreo. Moreau, I think. Moreau, I think okay. Moreau. And then uh, Donald Parham is actually interesting for the uh, Chargers. And then, yeah. of course, you got Antonio Gibson being the centerpiece. Both of those running backs, uh, Jacobs and Gibson, are terrifying to me, especially Gibson, just because, <laughs> you know, they've got other guys on the team that you feel like could take 70% of that work between McKissick and um, – uh, Brian Robinson, I I worry for Gibson. I really do. Um, but it just seems like the Raiders do not want Josh Jacobs at all, which I've really not seen like a downturn in his production. I think he's just kind of the same guy he's always been since he came in the league. So I don't really see what the hate is, but like it's pretty obvious. I mean, the guy in the Hall of Fame game is getting legitimate snaps. They, they're like the looking for him to get hurt. <laughs> almost. Yeah, it almost feels that way, doesn't it? And so, you know, here's what I'll say. Troutman was desperate for some depth. And so to turn Gibson and some other pieces here into Josh Jacobs startable, Miles Gaskin, eh, break glass in case of emergency. There's a chance that he could become a, wire, a running back three, you know, maybe on a particular week he's an RB2. And then Tyler Algier is, you know, one of the hottest late round rookies. Uh, people have really been talking him up and he's going to have an opportunity because, I mean, what's his competition? A 31 year old former wide receiver now running back like he could he could have 60 percent of snaps from the running back position. It's totally possible. So um, I definitely like Troutman's side of the deal. Um, Gibson's probably the most valuable piece. Uh, obviously, I think that's that's how this works out. But I'm really interested to see if if. Uh, Donald 
Donald Parham. Why do I struggle to say his name so much? <laughs> uh, if he can't become a quality third, you know, wide receiving option, obviously he's a tight end, but um, yeah, I, it's, I, I don't see a very why he interesting can't. trade. I, I don't see why he can't look. And, you know, Algier is not a bad player. Um, he, here's where I come in with Algier. Um, I didn't like him before the draft. And he got drafted in the fifth round. So it's not as if I thought he was going to be great. He didn't get drafted to a high, right? There's not a lot of fifth round running backs, frankly, that really take off. With that being said, is he going to a spot where he has every opportunity? Yes. Um, Will he get touches this year? Yes. He'll have every opportunity to prove me wrong. I I just didn't see anything in his, in his combine, in his, his, you know, his numbers at BYU. I, I was not a big fan of him. So I felt for me like I was willing to trade him and get some value back because I don't necessarily see it. Now, but from Troutman's perspective, I think you said this before, he needs some running back depth. So for him, I, I think this was a smart move because he's going to get you some points this year, right? He's going to run the ball. That's almost right. guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, right, but so I think that- for me, if, if Gibson... I, I I think Gibson has a good mix between a long-term and short-term prognosis, even though I do think Jacobs will score more points this year. All right, so I got one for you. I got one question, a little trivia. So in this league, Antonio Gibson, rookie pick, was pick number 301 in the 2020 rookie draft. Um, sorry, I, yeah. uh, Josh Jacobs... In the startup draft, just a couple months before that, was he higher or lower in the startup draft than 301? Lower. He was 209 in the startup draft. He was really high. So, yeah, it's just, it's it's quite a fall for him, honestly. Um, Just an organization that doesn't really seem to be interested in him. And honestly, he's not really gotten any better since he came in the league. So... Um, justifiably so. Well, this was a nice, uh, distraction and delay to talk about how bad my team is, by the way, you know, just to call back from the first podcast we did, uh, let's go ahead and discuss the least powerful (laughs) to the most powerful teams (laughs) according to our rankings. So we took a look at, um, fantasy pros rankings and, uh, you know, they had an opinion on it and we tried to you know, make our own opinions. And so we'll let you know what fantasy pros ranking is, and then we'll tell you what ours is. So uh, let's start at number 12, bringing up the rear. It is yours truly. Um, fantasy pros has me ranked as the 12th most powerful team. <laughs> and that's, uh, one way to put it. Yeah, that's the way you put it. So, uh, <laughs> and we, we, we both agree with that. So, um, yeah, tell me why you rank my team as the least powerful, Steve. <laughs> well, how about this? I ranked your team as le- is most likely to get in the toilet. Uh, <laughs> so, look, I mean, we could talk about this another day, but Jalen Hurts is not my favorite quarterback, although I, I will concede you're, he's going to be good. For you're a hater, year. man. You're I a know, hater. Right? But he's – look, he'll be good this year. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, look, McKissick and the younger Cook, okay, Gabe Davis and Drake London. All right. Pitts. When you're starting Terrace Marshall, 
Callaway, Samuel. I mean, you have a lot of holes here, right? For sure. I mean, you got a lot of picks, but there's just not the upside here is extremely limited. And I'm not sure there's much else to right? But that's your intention, right? You're not trying to compete this year. But I do wonder, and my question back to you is kind of, are you willing to discuss what your plan is? I I don't know whether you're intentionally not, or do you have a plan yet? Can you give us any insight? Oh, Steve, my plan is the same as it is in every league at all times. And we share what, three or four leagues together now. Um, I have no plan. My plan is to get the best possible players I can whenever that is possible. And, you know, I did the disbursement draft and honestly, I kind of blew it. I I shouldn't have entered. My team was way better going in than it was coming out. And uh, I just didn't realize. I think the biggest thing that killed me was I didn't realize the impact of losing Josh Allen because I had the back end of the turn. And so my first two picks. I want to say were Tyreek Hill and who was my second pick there? Tyreek Hill and Kyle Pitts were my first two picks. Well, Tyreek Hill plus Kyle Pitts maybe equals Josh Allen. And so I essentially, just in that transaction alone, if you look at that as a transaction, I traded my best player for my first two picks and I don't even know if it's if it's that good because, I mean, let me go knock on. Was it Dizzle? Does Double Dizzle have Josh Allen in this league? I like I don't so. know. I don't think he would do that trade. So, yeah, I uh, it was fun, but I have some regrets. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to get as much value anywhere as I can, and you know that has been 2024 first round picks. I think they've been just a little bit undervalued in this league. Not horribly undervalued, but, you know, I'm sitting yeah. on two, four, six, seven of them right now. Um, I'd much prefer those to be 2023s, but they're worth at least twice as much as the 2024s, which, yeah, I, I believe I don't, in. I don't buy that. Right. I, I, I buy that that's the market, but I don't buy that's real. Right. That's what I'm saying is that's the market. And, you know, let's say that this really is a historic class what is it, 30% better than the 24 class, maybe? Maybe 40 at the most. So, yeah, yeah, give me... And I think this league lasts a really long time, and I I love this league, and so I'm willing to wait the extra year to to land, you know, some some guys, and, you know, maybe I'll get lucky and one or two of these superstar prospects from 2023 will stay in college, and now all of a sudden they're 2024 prospects. I'm not predicting that, but, you know, it's certainly possible. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what becomes of it. But you're right. I mean, I, I definitely have the worst roster. There's no question. You you, you nailed it. I mean, Terrence Marshall starting Marcus. But I got to ask you two questions. Sure. As a follow-up, because you know, I, I know your philosophy here is not to have a plan to get the value. But you've also said in the past that at a certain point before the year starts, you kind of pick a direction. So with Yeah, that direction league, has been picked. Yeah, for sure. Okay. But with this league and I assume that, but in this type of league with the dispersal draft, given that you just went through it, how is that factoring into your opinion or is your thought, my team is that bad if someone wants to jump in? Now, obviously your team is probably more value, frankly, than most teams, I think, given all the draft picks. But I'm wondering how the dispersal draft is impacting you here. Well, so... Because it impacted I, me. It's yeah, no, it, it's impacting me more than I thought it would because there was a point in this offseason where I was depressed with my team and I was like, ah, if I get into the dispersal draft, I get into it. I don't feel that way anymore. There's 
two teams in the league right now where I would be horrified if I was in the dispersal draft with them because I think their teams are so old. And come 2023, I think the value of their roster could just be so much worse than my roster and and draft picks, of course. And so I am very worried about that. And so I can say for almost certain around the trade deadline, if not sooner, you'll see me buy, you'll see me do exactly what you did, right? Where you just got enough to not get flushed down the toilet and be forced in the disbursement draft. So, um, and, and there's some starting pieces here. I mean, Jalen Hurts, Kyle Pitts, Gabe Davis, Drake London, maybe James Cook because becomes something. There's a possibility Jameis Winston's a top 15 quarterback this year. Kenny Pickett could be something. Yeah, it, like there's some pieces that could be something here. And then all of a sudden I have to buy a whole lot less, but I'm almost certainly going to start 0-5, maybe 1-4, and 4, you know, and – and. uh I don't, I don't want to buy too early because I do own my own first. And, you know, based on the hype around this draft, I really want that to be either the 101 or, you know, as high as that pick can be. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I, I'm pretty well decided. Like, this is going to be a trust the process tank, tankathon kind of a it year. It worked out great for the 76ers. It did. Hey. Hey, it did. Well, you know, I wish we would get past the freaking second round, but, you know, whatever. That's another discussion. <laughs> Let's, Let's not move digress. On Let's move on to number 11. We, you're gonna, you guys are going to be a little bit bored with some of our uh, conclusions here. We've got a lot of agreements, unfortunately. But uh, uh, Cody is number 11 for us. Um, that is number 11 according to Fantasy Pros as well. So all three parties here in agreement. Um, taking a look at Cody's roster, uh, what do you think about him? Obviously, he was in a similar situation last year. Um, what are your initial thoughts on Cody? So I, I really like Cody's team. I think he's done a really good job putting it together. Um, now, I'm obviously putting it, his team if, you know, on this spot because I don't think it has the 2022 um, upside, to put it nicely. But look, I like his team. He did a really good job kind of making sure all the pieces are working together. I mean, the quarterbacks between Fields and Mac Jones and even Mills and Mond, who I think is sneaky good. Um, The running backs, you know, between Clyde Edwards, Walker, and then you start to go to the the wide receivers, young guys like Mooney, Amon-Ra. We discussed the Godwin trade is kind of the one that doesn't fit but had good value. Dotson, uh, Kadarius Toney, Jameson Williams, Pickens. I mean, even guys like Pierce and Chenault and Hamler to round out the roster with Fryermuth. I, I really, really like his roster. Has two 2023 picks, a bunch of lower 2023 picks too, which could be valuable, and still has his 2024 and 2025 first. I really like this team. I, I think that this year it's just going to lack the upside, right? I, I don't see Fields or Mac Jones breaking, you know, the top five. <laughs> I don't see any of these running backs this year breaking the top 12. And none of these wide receivers, I don't think this year, have top 12 ability. So I think that real lack of upside this year is going to hurt them. But, like, if you tell me right now in two years this team is going for the championship, I would believe it completely. Yeah. Um, I really don't have a whole lot more to add to that. Um 
that was the thing that I focused on the most. And you, and you took the words right out of my mouth is like, there's really no high end upside players at all. Um, they're just so young. And so, you know, could George Pickens become that someday? Yeah, maybe. Um, but it's almost certainly not going to be this year. It might not even be next year. So we really could be waiting a little bit, but the amount of youth and the amount of high draft capital players, along with the amount of youth and high draft picks that are coming could really pair for uh, what ends up being a great roster. And I think what's going to end up happening, honestly, with Cody is he's just going to have a roster filled with first and second round talent players that he's going to end up packaging several of these and, and moving up into some more superstar guys. And I don't think that'll be this year. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm completely out on Justin Fields, mostly just because of his situation and it's being so bad. I actually like Mac Jones. Davis Mills, I don't think, has a job after this season, um, even though he was nice last year. Uh, but, yeah, this bench is full of youth that could hit. Um We'll see what happens. It's it's a lot of gambles, but when you take so many gambles, you're going to hit on some. And so uh, we'll see. It won't, it won't be this year uh, unless he makes a whole bunch of moves and a lot of guys hit all at the same time. But um, he's in a good position. So not for 2022, but for maybe 2024, you're absolutely right. Could be a top two, top three team. Let's so I move. Think, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I no, was please, say, go next ahead. up on our list is Shutter, who's I think tied with Stevie Wonder. We have a tie here at ninth. Yep. So why don't we discuss Shutter first? Um, so now we actually have some mild disagreements on how we rank these guys. Uh, let's start with Shutter. You have Shutter at tenth uh, overall, and I have him at eighth. So I'm a little higher on Shutter than you are. Um, why don't you beat him up, and then maybe I'll. Uh, I'll be a little nicer to him than you are. Well, there's some really good pieces here. I, I love the Prescott as your starting quarterback. Um, and obviously Eckler and Najee and and maybe Travis Etienne, who's been really good in camp and everyone's talking about him. And then you're starting with the wide receivers. You can start with Jefferson. That's awesome. Um, Schultz, obviously, has had a really great year and he's looking like he's a good piece. Okay. Um, no. Uh, but that's kind of it. And I think when I look at Shutterball's team, I see some really high-end pieces. But when I look at the wide receiver core, there's really, you know, he could use a couple more pieces. It's like Jefferson and then just kind of, you know, kind of wide receiver threes. Um, guys like Rondell Moore, Tolbert, Tolbert, um, Josh Palmer, uh, Kenny Phillips in Tennessee, Brian Edwards. So I, I really think where I just kind of go on this team is I think, you know, Shutterball really needs to bring in some more wide receivers. Now, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he could just focus on using his flex, filling it up with running backs. But And he does have Cordell Patterson. And so maybe you can kind of work out Patterson, Etienne, and the flex. And you need to just patch together three wide receivers but but I think that to me is kind of the real um, kind of the hard part. I'm also not as high on Najee as everyone else is, and I'm not as high on ATN. Um, and then the <clears> question, <throat> of course, is what's the second quarterback? So I think is it Drew Locke? Is it Tua? It will probably be Tua. Will it remain Tua? I I don't know. I mean, they do have Bridgewater here as a backup, so that's great. But 
I'm just not as convinced on Tua as maybe other people are. Sure. I think you and I are, are pretty much in lockstep on Tua. You know, he comes out with some decent talent and just really hasn't seemed to put it together. Um, but he's got even more talent around him now. So the opportunities there, I'm just not a big believer in the player. Um, but you do look at this roster. I mean, there's five or six guys that are going to end up being top 10 at their position. Pretty much no question. I mean, Dak Prescott, you know, it's going to be top 10. Just assuming just they give him volume. I mean, now you do have some wide receiver injuries for Dallas, so that could be, you know, problematic. But um, Dak Prescott can throw for 5,000 yards. I mean, that's not a problem for him at all. So I think just on volume alone, he's going to end up in the top 10, maybe even in the top eight and we'll see if like, you know, CD lamb and, and the rest of that cast can really step up. But I'm actually a bigger believer in Dalton Schultz than I would say the fantasy community is. I've seen a lot of the, of people saying, you know, like, Oh, Dalton Schultz kind of had like a one year wonder. Like, no, nah, I think Dalton Schultz is here to stay. Maybe not at that. What was he tight end three number that he was last year? Maybe not there, but like, I could be a top six for the next three Why or four that? years. But I mean, that? Think about who's, who's Dak throwing the ball to. Exactly. Why, I, like, He's I think he can be clear number two. Uh, well, okay, so why not number three? Strictly because of tight end competition. I mean, he's definitely not finishing higher than Travis Kelsey, assuming a healthy season. He, I really like George Kittle. I think he's terribly undervalued this year. Um, yeah, Kyle Pitts is maybe in that like uh, he could out, he could beat him out. Like that's a questionable one. Um, why am I blanking on? So, give me some top end tight ends. And I'll just tell you Andrews. who I like better. A- Andrews for sure over him. Um, Hawkinson. Hawkinson's close to me just because I think he's going to be in a similar situation of needing all that volume. Um, yeah, maybe he, I mean, his ceiling is like number three, you know, it's definitely there, but like, I think realistically you're looking at like five to seven for the next three to five years. And so, uh, I guess if there was any opportunity for him to finish at like three again, it is this year where you have CD lamb and seemingly no one else. Um, I like ETN in a PPR league. I really like ETN Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the tweet that Justin Jefferson had yesterday. Yeah. But I saw it. Yeah. He's like, Oh, this is how they got so open. This is amazing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> speaking of uh, the, was the offensive coordinator for the Rams, right? Yeah, is is their coach now. So um, people being down on Najee Harris, I think is fair. Uh, ben Roethlisberger wasn't that good in real life last year, right? It was just he volumed his way to a really nice finish. Yeah, and um, if you actually don't have Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball, I think his numbers may come back. Sure, I mean, is part of it, and this is a little narrativey, but like, is part of it. The fact that they could crowd the box because Ben Roethlisberger had a noodle arm. Like, you know, Mitch Trubisky's no, you know, he's no sniper. He's not super accurate, but he could throw it 50 yards down the field without a problem. Seemingly, Kenny Pickett can do that. You know, obviously, I don't know if we'll see him this year. I think we will. I think you will. Um, Austin Eckler's not scoring 20 touchdowns again. We, We get that. But... This is a guy that in a PPR league probably still finishes top five easily. Um, yeah, he's wor- he's he's his wide receiver depth is really bad. 
starting Rondale Moore and Jalen Tolbert looks a little bit like my roster, you know, but if he can tidy that up, if he could just fix that, that's not a massive, massive issue. I mean, you could parlay Justin Jefferson into a player almost as good as Justin Jefferson and one or two other quality starters. You know, he's one trade away from being one of the top three to four teams, in my opinion here. So, sure. you know, I've got yeah, him at I, I eight. But, but he doesn't have the draft picks. Right. Really so he is. That. And, and that and that is the yeah. tough part. He doesn't have draft picks. Yeah. You know, he does have a couple of these young high end players where you can parlay them into a whole lot. But he has to choose to do that. And if he wants to just stick with the safety and talent of Justin Jefferson and Najee Harris, I don't know that he's going to break into the, you know, a legitimate playoff contender. I agree. Let's go ahead and move on to uh, where are we at here? Sorry, I was looking at the wrong thing. Stevie Wonder, who was tied with him, uh, flip flop for you and me. Um, I have him at 10. You have him at eight. So I'll beat him up a little bit. And uh, then you can be a little nicer than I am. So, you know, I look at the roster. Uh, he still has A.J. Brown named the F word. So that's my my biggest gripe because A.J. Brown is my favorite player in the league right now. Oh, thank you so much, Titans. Oh, I have a couple of TV. I have a couple of t- uh, t-shirts you can have. Oh yeah, I'll take them. I'll take them. I'll just slap a little Eagles logo on them. It'll be good to go. <laughs> I'm actually wearing a Carson Wentz shirt right now, and at one point I had a piece of duct tape and just put brown over it since they're both number eleven. But uh, <laughs> you know, I I look at the roster and the running backs. I'm not excited at all. Uh, AJ Dillon does excite me, but as your running back one, I'm, I'm not in love with that. Uh, there's going to be AJ Dillon weeks. There's going to be, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on the other guy's name. Don't do that. Aaron Jones weeks. And, uh, as an Eagles fan, I could tell you, Miles Sanders sucks. I'm sorry. His yards per carry are nice, but the the dude just, he fumbles. He doesn't get in the end zone. He just blows assignments. He can't pass block. I am just not a fan at all. I think I think Kenneth Gainwell is going to get a good bit of run this year. Uh, Cam Akers is plenty talented. I just we haven't ever seen a guy do anything off of an Achilles, so we'll see. Thank you. Um, my wife stopped in and brought the beverage, so I was. My, my my throat's going dry here. We're, we're running our mouths nice. so long. Yeah. Um, TJ Hawkinson's nice. You know, we just discussed him a minute ago. Cream Hunt. I was so high on Cream Hunt. And then, you know, it, it just looks like Deshaun Watson's not going to play a single game this year based on, you know, the way that the league seems to be taking this situation over, which let's let's pause for a second. Why in the world is there a judge? I'm not complaining, by the way, when I when I say this. I'm complaining about the process. I'm not complaining about the result. Sure. Which we still don't even know the result yet. But why even put this judge in place if you're just going to override them? Like, you look so stupid. It just doesn't make any sense to me. You're the legal guy. Explain to me what you would think if you saw this in a regular legal world, in, well, you know, he- you do see it sometimes, right? There are certain cases when you're dealing with, you know, highly contentious issues where they got, everyone goes to the motions. You bring it to circuit court, district court. You know it's going to get appealed to the appeals court. And then you know it's going to go to the Supreme Court. And you go through this process. Now, that's rare, right? I, I think nine times out of ten, 
The issue is in those type of legal proceedings, what gets appealed is not the, the decision-making process, but it's a specific issue. Here, it just seems like you had the judge come in and make a decision, and then everyone's just going to appeal to be like, bad decision. <laughs> Somebody right. else make a ruling. So I, I don't know. I don't know what the you know the legal parameters of, of this appeal are. Do they have to show that the judge made a very specific mistake? So it could be that they're analyzing her decision-making process and going through it and pointing out where she erred. Um I don't know enough about this process to know if that's how they're doing it or they're just arguing kind of a new argument. Sure. So, you know, I continue to look at his team, Deshaun Watson, obviously the way things appear, at least in the media, is he plays zero games this year, you know, we'll we'll obviously know more. And then, you know, if he plays 10 games or more, I'm definitely not ranking him at 10. He's definitely going up. Um, cause I think that impacts obviously Deshaun Watson, which makes his starting lineup worth at least seven to eight more points a game over Jared Goff. And then I think Kareem Hunt gets a bump up as well. Um, but for now we're going on the assumption that he plays less than half a season, maybe not at all. And, and I don't love Kareem Hunt in an offense that can't pass well. Um, I think he's good. I think he's still going to be a top 20 running back, but I was hoping he'd be, you know, his pace last year was top 12. And then every year that he's been healthy, he's been top 12. So I actually do like Rashad Penny this year. I mean, I think he, if you could magically give him 17 games, I think he's a top 10 running back this year. You can't, you can't give him any games because he's made a glass. Um, You know, you look at Calvin Ridley and Deshaun Watson, and I mean, the story of his team is 20% of his roster value-wise is sitting, you know, on suspended lists. Um, That sucks. I mean, that's the short and long of it. He's got Stevie Wonder doesn't win the ethical. uh, (laughs) Yeah, what's up with you, man? You got all these, you got, you got people gambling. You got people dragging people out of elevators over here. You got some massage stuff going on. You you got a, a sketchy team, bro. I don't know what's up with you. Uh, is there anything else we can point out about his team? I'm just no, I'm looking much. down the list. I mean, yeah, everybody. Look, the only other thing I'll say is, look, he did a good job getting Brissett to kind of back up if Watson misses time. So for sure, I, I get you have Goff, but it, you'll have the third quarterback there. I, I feel a little bit differently about the running backs. I mean, I like Dylan a lot. I actually think Sanders has some pretty good ability. Akers, look, I think he came back and played. So I don't I, I think he might get back to where he was. Penny, there's just a lot of running backs here. This is how I like to build a team with my running backs. Um, mm-hmm. you know, get these kind of top 24, 36 running backs and then just see which ones hit in a given week. But the wide receiver depth here. That's what I'm focused on between Brown, Pittman, Schuster. I know Ridley's not playing, but Woods. Um, I really like it. I'm sorry, Kirk, uh, Christian Kirk. I think there's a lot of depth there, a lot of guys who are going to do really well. Plus, Hawkinson still has you know the ammunition on the 2023 first um, and then other draft picks in the other years. So I, I like this team a lot. Um well, and Van Jefferson's not nothing either. I mean, 800 right. yards last year is not nothing. Nope. So, yeah, I, I from from a depth perspective, I actually do like it a lot. From a starting lineup outside of A.J. Brown and Pittman, 
and Russell Wilson. I, I have a lot of questions. Um, let me ask you, I'm going to have you get in a little bit of a redraft mindset. I know we said off the pod that you're very in dynasty mode and I'm right there with you, but if you have a build, uh, where you have a lot of like receivers in a redraft, um, if AJ Dillon was your number one running back in a build like that, where maybe your first two rounds, you go receiver, are you comfortable with AJ Dillon as your, no. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I do redraft leagues. I go heavy on running backs. Me too. So when I'm talking about team building, I'm thinking dynasty. Yeah. I, I mean, look, if you want to win this year, this is right. This is why Stevie wonder for me is still ranked. I have him as number eight because although I love a lot of what he do, did here, and I think some of these running backs are going to be good. There is not that running back upside. Yeah, I agree. All right. You ready to get in what might be the most controversial one here? So we have Troutman as a consensus number eight. We actually have Fantasy Pros ranking him at number nine, which if you look at some of the players on his roster, you would be shocked to think that. But you look at the depth on his roster. I have him ranked eight. You have him ranked nine. Nope, that's wrong. I have him ranked nine. You have him ranked seven. Yeah. So that's that. It, so it's a consensus eight. Um. Yeah, you know, I think we saw it last year where he started out hot because he had this nice roster and then injuries and bye weeks just took a toll on him. And, you know, he I think he ended up finishing with a fine record, but yeah, he, did. he 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 didn't have it in the playoffs. And you kind of knew going into it he wasn't going to because there was just no depth. Let's talk about some of the players on his roster. Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase, Rashad Bateman, Marquise Brown, Kyler Murray. Those are star players. Those are, uh, you know, Bateman and, and Brown, they've got another step to take before you can call them star players, but certainly well thought of dynasty assets. Um, but I look at the running backs, Josh Jacobs. We just had a whole discussion about him. Damian Harris. Um, Damian Harris was fine last year, but it seems like the Patriots want to move on from him. Do they give him anything close to the workload they gave him last year? Devonta Smith, that is Jalen Hurts' second or third option, depending on how you think of Dallas Goddard. Do you want a running quarterback second or third option starting in your lineup? Most people would say no. I'm sure you would say no. Um, yeah. And then you look at the bench. Now, I actually, his, he's improved his bench, make, made some trades lately. You know, obviously having Tyler Algier is interesting. Kenneth Gainwell. James Robinson somehow is back from the dead. I have no idea how he recovered as quickly as he did. Pretty awesome. It really is. Medicine just continues to evolve, and it's insane, especially sports medicine. So this is going to be such a cool year, Steve, to see our Achilles injuries, the devastating injury we think they are. Because we've got – do we have three guys in the league? So we got Cam Akers. We've got um, Who's the James third? Robinson, and I'm thinking, thinking there's one more. Was I it Odell? Was it Odell Beckham Jr. that blew his Achilles, or was that um, an ACL? I thought it was an ACL, but okay. I thought it was his other. So name. maybe it's just the two then. Regardless, two guys that we, you know, put some stock in as you know quality fantasy running backs. We'll we'll see. So. I won't ask for your medical take because I certainly don't have one, but uh, 
outside of that, if you could see my face, it was a look of uh, concern when you said medical takes. You know, <laughs> look, I mean, I'll agree with a lot of what you said on Troutman. I'm a little bit more optimistic just because uh, to take a step back, nobody in the league has the top two quarterbacks as he does. Um, if they stay healthy, that gives him an advantage over everybody else on a given week at those, at those two levels. And I think that's, that just gives you so much more flexibility throughout the rest of your roster. He's going to have to piece together his running backs. Obviously we already spoke about that, but I mean, Waddle chase. I like Smith a little more than you do. Bateman Brown. That's a young, good wide receiving core. Um, the, so I, I actually think Troutman where I think he's going to struggle a little bit is there has no draft picks. And that's not me saying, Oh, he doesn't have any draft picks. So like literally he doesn't have a draft. Oh yeah. I just looked. There is not one left. Wow. I did not yeah. realize it was that low. Wow. I think his roster is really well set up for the future in terms of Mahomes and Murray will be around for a while. His wide receivers are going to get better and you may have five stars. Waddle, Chase, Smith, Bateman, Brown. For sure. I love like, the long-term outlook on his wide receivers. I really do. I love them. I mean, there's nobody in the league that comes close. Um, and the tight ends, you know, Komet, Gusecki, right? That, that's fine. That's good. Um, I think my, my concern, the reason I'm not looking at his roster and saying this is the number one roster in the league from a dynasty perspective is because there's no draft picks to replace the lack of running backs. Um, and I think obviously Troutman, I'll give him credit, right? I mean, just the trade that we did on this pod right now, um, you know, bringing in numbers with Algier and Jacobs replacing Gibson, right? That's the type of moves that I think he's making because he he's thinking the exact same thing that you and I are saying. But I, I, I ranked him a little bit higher than you because I'm concerned about the running backs and I, I think his team is just going to get better next year. But I think if he could piece this together and those wide receivers take the next step, I, I'm, you know, I don't want to face him. Sure. My biggest worry for him is very similar worry last year. Who's your third quarterback? You don't have a single third quarterback on your roster. You know, and, and if you want to get a quarterback who can start games, you have to give up a decent quality asset to get that. I mean, even a Jared Goff is going to cost you, you know, at least a Damian Harris level player. And so you don't have any draft picks to give up for that. I'm trying to look at his bench. Maybe you can give up a Wandale Robinson to get a player like that. I think it would probably cost more. No, no I don't think so. So, you know, if James Robinson comes out and is fucking, yeah, you probably need more than that. So, you yeah, know, but he needs his running back depth. Right. Exactly. He needs that. And so I just wonder. Like, okay, by weeks, and let's just account for three weeks between the two quarterbacks where one of them gets injured. I think three is a reasonably conservative number of three total injury weeks for from 34 quarterback games. Well, you now have five weeks where you have one quarterback starting. Like, your advantage is now not as strong as it otherwise would have been if you had just had a, you know, I keep coming back to Jared Goff because he's just the, the cheapest – almost certain to start the whole season quarterback in the league, you know, but it, but if Troutman gets to the playoffs here, if he can pull it together, like I haven't ranked seventh, right. Very conceivable. He gets in Mahomes and Murray. They're probably going to be starting. Right. Almost certainly. 
And if these wide receivers each take the step forward, all he needs to do is hit on a couple of these, and he's starting to build the depth in numbers. Maybe Algier, maybe Derrick Henry goes down and Haskins takes over. Um, right there are there are avenues here. Gainwell, you've already talked about a Sanders is going to take a step back. Gainwell, Robinson steps in if ETN either gets hurt or ETN really turns into more of a receiver. Um, Harris duplicates it. Damian Williams ends up the lead back. I, I mean, these are all conceivable things. I think his roster for a team that's not ranked in the top six, I could see his roster really competing at a top level more than some of the others. Yeah, fully if agree with things that. Hit really well. Yeah, fully agree with that. And, you know, as I looked at the league this year, this is actually very similar to last year. Basically, any team from team like, I would say team 10 to me, all the way to team one, is in the mix. They've got a real shot. Cody I don't and think I, the next team has a real shot. Oh, okay. All right. Let's let's hear it. Pretty sure that's my team. You get to introduce yourself. It's you. I'm not introducing you. Okay. So my team. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. It's funny. All the way up for number 12 last year. Yeah. It's a huge climb. Kudos to that. Um, I actually look at this team and sometimes you forget it's my team. Uh, (laughs) So a couple interesting things about it, right? I only have 2023 picks. I moved completely out of 2024 and 2025. I used all those assets to to gain, you know. So where am I? I got Trevor Lawrence. He's going to start the whole year if there's no injuries, Uh, right? There's no way he's not starting the whole year. I gave myself, you know, this kind of Tannehill-Willis combination. So I guaranteed that second quarterback. And then, you know, between Ritter, Trask, even Dalton, three backups who I think there's conceivable possibilities for them to get into starting roles. So tried to give myself some quarterbacks here, not high end, but Lawrence, I, I, I bought low. I think he has a possibility to be high end and it's conceivable that Ritter or Willis could be a higher end going forward. But um, obviously I'll need to replenish with quarterbacks. Running backs are really thin, right? That's the Achilles heel of this team. Gibson and cook are, are obviously two starters. But after that, there's just literally Herbert, Chris Evans, not not the actor, and Bolden. Um, so obviously, I'll be on the waiver wire. But I think the strength of this team really is in the wide receivers. So Metcalf, Hill, Samuel, and Lamb are kind of the top four. Disgusting. That, think, what? Disgusting group of receivers. Excellent. It's a disgusting group of receivers. Um, then I got some other players here. Guys like Joan, Marvin Jones, Romeo Dobbs. Um, Damian Hardy, who I really like. Jalen Rager, who you really like. Uh, <laughs> uh, if I could drop, a, if I could drop a poop emoji, I would drop a poop emoji. Uh, not to go at a total tangent because nobody cares, but Jalen Rager was like, when I just started following Dynasty, when I just started Dynasty, um, Jalen Rager was like my player in the 2022 draft. I was just like, this guy is going to be a rock star. Everything was Jalen Rager for like two months. And How's I have never been so wrong. <laughs> and, and then look, and then, you know, to cap out tight ends, I mean, I got Dawson Knox. And then um, I really like Isaiah Likely. I like Jelani Woods a lot. Uh, we spoke about Parham. Parham. 
I, I like Logan Thomas. I think people forgot how good he was just two years ago. Um, he was the third in PPR. So, right. I mean, I've spoken enough about this team, about the direction. I think as is without any trades, it, if those wide receivers hit in any given week, I can win. But I, I don't, you know, the quarterback depth is is a little bit tight, and I don't see these running backs as being league winners. But, yeah, I, I think, like, high end, I could see myself sneaking in the playoffs as a six, and low end is more in the 10 range. Well, Ryan Tannehill is probably the most underrated quarterback from a fantasy football perspective. Last year, quarterback 12. The year before that, quarterback 8. Quarterback 21, but in 12 games in exactly. 2019. So really probably more like – Right. He was probably more like quarterback nine or something like that. I haven't done the, the numbers, you know, but I'm no, sure I actually it was... think he was better than that. Wow. Like, if I remember correctly, he was like quarterback four over that stretch. Yeah. yeah. Look, I bagged on Antonio Gibson earlier as your number two with this lineup. Very comfortable with Antonio Gibson. Dalvin Cook is excellent. He will be excellent. He will be in a better offense in theory. He, this to me is a team. What do I have it ranked at seven? That might be too low. That might be too low. I'm looking, look, okay. So now, you know what? I look at Trevor Lawrence. You need the step forward. You need the massive step forward. And so that's, that was probably a big piece of, of me putting you at seven. Um, Man, so much of your like ability to compete in 2022 assuming that you would keep this roster exactly the way it is, which you won't um, <laughs> Trevor, Trevor Lawrence uh, is going to be a big piece of that. You know, is he quarterback Trevor 27 Lawrence or is he quarterback is, 13? You know? Yeah. Trevor Lawrence to me is the linchpin of this team in terms of what direction it's going. Um, right. I mean, and I, and I really, the question is how bad, did Urban Meyer screw him up? Because this guy has mm-hmm. too much talent not to be good. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about the team he's on, um, even with Peterson, who I really like. Um, not really thrilled with their offseason. Um, I don't like they they spent way too much money on Kirk, who's a good but not great wide receiver. And I'm just not convinced they really have a lot of other pieces, but I think ETN and Robinson, I, their, their O-line is okay. Um, and I think if Lawrence could take a step forward and then they, they draft like a, you know, Jackson Smith Nagata next year, or, you know, a Keishon Boutte or somebody like that, a, th- a top end wide receiver. Um, I'm really bullish on Lawrence. So fingers crossed. Yeah, I actually think structurally, you know, obviously remove the quarterbacks from the equation. Their offense is going to look a lot like Green Bay's where you're going to be running 45 percent of your offense through your running backs. And, you know, Marvin Jones, I actually like him a lot. I think he's a great red zone guy. He's underrated. He he gets yards every year. People don't want him and don't care about him. And. Every year he's productive. And so I think he's the best receiver on the team. I know most people would cringe to hear that. I don't think that that's so bad. Yeah, it's no, he's right. not he's not Tyree Kill. He's not DK Metcalf. But he's also not what they had last year, you know? Well, that's why he, I traded for him too. because And I traded with, with you for him because 
you know, sure, partnering him with Lawrence, it's a stack, but Lawrence is going to have to throw the ball to somebody this year. And yeah, Kirk may get 100 receptions, but someone else is going to need to catch it. And ETN is going to be that Aaron Jones. It's a great analogy. But but Jones, I mean, look at his stats. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, last year, you know, caught 73 balls. The year before that, 76. The year before that, 62. Um, he's consistent, really consistent. And he has a good rapport with Lawrence. He's been there for a year. Um, I'm expecting good things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's move on to NGC. We've got him at number six. You've got him at six. I have him at seven. So as you look at NGC's team, um, you know, every year seemingly a contender, but never quite in the top end mix. What do we think this year? You know, I'm looking at his roster. It leans a little younger, but there's definitely some win now pieces like a George Kittle and a Kirk Cousins. Um, not one to really trade his picks too much. He is missing his 2023 first. Um, it's a common theme among many people. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I mean, yeah, you own what? You own 70% of the, the first round picks or something like that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so as I look at this roster, Mike Williams, I Deontay Johnson and Terry McLaurin is, is a nice top three receivers there. And then, you know, I really like Swift and, and Javante Williams. I think that's the centerpiece of the team is, is you know, your high-end young running backs. Um, I think I already said I, I think George Kittle is the best value at tight end this year. And, um, you know, you look at the team and you worry, is is Brandon Ayuk going to be valuable this year? Is Carson Wentz going to keep his job? Now I go to the bench and I see Daniel Jones. Is he going to keep his job? Um, looking at the running back depth here, Singletary, all right. Sony Michelle, somewhat interesting, but really no upside from the running back position, unless I'm missing something on a taxi squad. No, really no upside from the running back position on the bench. Of course, you know, he's got all his upside packed into Swift and, and Javante Williams. So I get that, but um, not really any place to go other than Singletary for bye weeks, injuries, etc. cetera. Um, bench receivers, Russell Gage. Uh, that's about it. I mean, he's hoping and praying that Will Fuller signs somewhere interesting. Uh, not a lot of great depth at all. Some really nice high end pieces. Um, yeah, NGC is seven for me, six for you. What, what do you think? Yeah, look, I, I put him at six because you're right. I mean, the two running backs, you said it, Swift and Javante Williams, that is the kind of the structure of this team here that that is where it's built um quarterbacks are uninspiring i actually think (laughs) now that i I said that out loud the quarterbacks are cousins wentz daniel jones and darnold i think that's like the most uninspiring (laughs) quarter and it's not a diss on them because they're not all horrible they're just like is actually pretty good but like who is excited about cousins you don't get excited and maybe that's okay right and i actually have NGC ranked as a playoff team, but right. That's because despite those quarterbacks, they're all serviceable. You'll get starts amongst them. 
But the two running backs there, I think, really separate this team. They could put together some other backups. Sure. Um, I think the wide receivers are pretty solid. Deontay Johnson, McLaurin, Renfro, Mike Williams, Ayuk. You're going to get a really good start. I'm nervous, though. I agree. The depth is not there. Um, But NGC does have a fair amount of draft picks. It's not. I know in previous years he hasn't had a lot. Um, And then Kittle, I think I share the same opinion with you. Incredibly underrated. I think Kittle is going to be a great asset. So when I look at this team, a team that can start Swift and Javante, Johnson, McLaurin, Renfro, Mike Williams, Ayuk, and Kittle, uh, I think that's really solid. Not the I think the quarterbacks are what's, we're gonna is what's going to hold this team back. Certainly the depth. Um, but if Swift and Javante take that leap forward, you have a young core for a long time as running backs. And that's really important. Plus you have a good core of youngish wide receivers and Kittle. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. The question NGC has going forward is, are that group of quarterbacks, will any of them have a job next year? Hmm. And I think Cousins will, but I can't say that for certain. I can't say that for certain about any of them. Man, could you imagine if he lost all three of his quarterbacks starting jobs this year? That would be insane. Let you know, throw Darnold well, in there. He started last year. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. And honestly, as of, you know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, it looked like Sam Darnold was the starter again. So um obviously they trade for Baker and that changes. Um, by the way, it's completely ridiculous that they're splitting first team reps. We know it's Baker Mayfield's job. Give me a break. Um, yeah, yeah, we can move on from NGC. I would just say one last thing is this is like the first team on the list where like, I genuinely believe he could win the championship. I'm certainly not picking him in the top several. Um, but there is enough depth and enough quality players where if he hits a few breakouts also, Mike Williams could easily finish in the top five with enough touchdowns. You know, these running backs could. Um, There's a chance for a championship here. So, I mean, if I'm NGC, I'm buying. I'm buying a little bit more depth. Go all in, buddy. Make it happen. I wish I could go all in right now. My team is so ass. Yes. And I wouldn't (laughs) touch the quarterbacks if I was him. I I would use some of those draft picks to get some more depth. And then, you know, look, if you need to trade away a McLaurin or a Deontay next year in a package to the quarterback, because you're so be it. Um, yeah. You got a chance to win this year. I agree. Yep. All right. So we get super boring here because five through one, we are in complete agreement. Number five, we have junkyard. Uh, probably the highest junkyard has been ranked for us. Um He's a legit playoff team, at least from my perspective. And you've got him ranked at five, so you probably agree with that. Um, why don't you break down Junkyard's team? Junkyard's team, Junkyard's team to me comes down to one thing, and that's Lance, right? I mean, I think having Herbert, if Lance is what people think he is, you have a dominant team with Herbert and Lance. Um, I'm not so sure. Um, I think most things that uh, Shanahan touch turned to gold so let's see if that works for lance and lance certainly has the skill set but well if lance comes through this team's going to be great junkyard you know has that really solid group of kind of you know chubb elliott montgomery i'd say these guys are 
running back six through 12 type running backs. Um, having the backup for Pollard is great. Um, you know, backing up Elliot. And then the wide receivers, I think, definitely are the point of this team that's a little concerning. Um, they're not, it's not that they're bad, but, you know, Allen Robinson, Judy, Claypool, um, Landry, Boyd, those are some vets that are going to need to prove it. But Junkyard does have um, Garrett Wilson and Traylon Burks. So a couple young guys to step in and maybe give some of that upside. I, right, it could go a couple different ways with a wide receiver group. Tight end group is whatever. It is what it is. Hooper will get some points here. Uh, not a lot of draft picks, which is a little bit concerning in terms of Junkyard's ability to go all in. But look, I think the flex positions are strong enough where if Lance comes through and Lance is awesome, this team can win it all. I think though the flex positions are not strong enough to override Lance being a dud. Completely agree with that. I am very in on Trey Lance and I don't even know if I expect him to be a starting quarterback in the next, you know, four years from now, I'm, I'm not in on him as a talent being incredible I'm just so in on him as a fantasy football player being incredible. I think he will have a better season than Jalen Hurts had last year, just purely based on the fact that he is a superstar runner and he has a cannon arm, which is going to make, you know, how accurate he is, I don't know. But it's going to make defenses play him in a way that he's either going to get the deep shots with very capable receiving options, or he's just going to run eight times a game for 75 yards and a touchdown. And that's before he's thrown the ball one time. And so that's just so valuable for fantasy. And I just, I can't see a healthy way that he finishes outside the top eight and he has top three upside. And it's crazy to say that because we've really not seen him start at all. I mean, we saw what was it? Two games last year, but in the two games, I think it was 22, 24 combined rushing attempts. Kyle Shanahan is excellent at putting his quarterbacks in good positions. And so I, I just think the sky's the limit for Trey Lance, and he doesn't even have to be good at passing. See Jalen Hurts. Um, some receiver on his team will break out, whether it's Jerry Judy, whether it's Chase Claypool, Garrett Wilson, or Traylon Burks. Some one of those guys I can almost say for sure is going to end up a top 12 receiver. And so if that's true, now you have Allen Robinson, who will almost certainly be a top 18 receiver, unless he really is done, which I just don't believe that. And then Sammy Watkins has got a shot. David Montgomery is going to be as consistent as he ever is, even on a bad offense. There's just so much safety and depth here with high upside at receiver with high upside at quarterback and Herbert and Lance, I am really excited. And man, did he strike gold in the disbursement draft? Because yeah, really good. I mean, he was in rough shape there, you know, missed out two years of Christian McCaffrey took Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, was as bad as he could have been in his rookie season. Who knows what he does the rest of his career, but Hey, Hey, sorry, my bad. Um, you know, you've even got somebody we haven't even mentioned yet, Tyler Boyd, 
what was he last yeah. year? Let me take yeah, a peek. Boyd. Tyler Boyd was wide receiver 31. He is one injury away, whether it's Chase or Higgins, away from being a top 15 option every week. If one of those guys goes down, he's going to volume his way to eight catches and 70 yards a week. And, you know, if you're getting 15 points a week out of a receiver, that's a top 20 option unquestionably. So, come on. I mean, there's so many ways that this goes well for him. Jarvis Landry could be the number one receiver. I'm not predicting that. It's on the table. Bro, cut Antonio Brown. What are you doing? Just, it's over. He's done. (laughs) It's time. I would love to see if, you know, Junkyard is in the championship game. And he has this wrapped up. Just start Antonio. (laughs) Yes. How much of a middle finger is that to your opponent? I'm up 58 points on you and all you have left is, you know, some guy's going to score six. You got to tweet it at Antonio Brown because I feel like he could respond. Thanks for bringing me to my championship even in 2022. That's glorious. Uh, all right, let's get into the top four here. We've got Dingaling 75 again, a unanimous vote from us at number four. Um, sorry, my phone's loading a little slower than it's been going. All yeah, right, go I, for I, it. I jump in, look, Dingaling again. I think the common theme here is quarterbacks Lamar Jackson and Joe, Joe Burrow, right? That's a great one, too. I love his running backs here. Dobbins, I'm well known to be a fan of his. Brees Hall, we discussed before. I know you're high on him. Mitchell, Edmonds. I mean, those are underrated guys. People aren't talking about enough, and they're really good. So I think really strong running backs. And also he has, I think, the deepest running back core in the league in terms of numbers, which I think is a really good idea um, when you're trying to build a team. Mike Davis. Um, Gus Edwards, so really cornered the Baltimore group. Uh, Ramonde Stevenson, uh, wow. Davis, I'm sorry, Davis Price again. So he has the backup to Mitchell. Uh, really smart team building with the running backs. I think where I really love is Higgins and Moore is just such a great underrated two top wide receivers. I think they're the two best values in terms of wide receivers, in terms of what their value is, or at least the perceived market value. So to get those two guys as one and two, awesome. Um, I'm not in love with the flex options. All right, I think, but again, smart value here. Lazard, going to score some points. Corey Davis, going to score some points. Sky Moore, Chris Olave, upside. Watson with the upside. And again, pairing Watson with Lazard, even, you know, you could put Watson kind of um, on the bench. And if Watson succeeds, sure, he takes Lazard's spot, but it gives you a lot of insurance. So there's really smart team building here. Um, I like the David Bell pick. And then, you know, tight end, lots of tight ends here, but Goddard, I, I think obviously someone everyone's expecting this year to really take a step forward. Still has his 2023 first, 2024 first has his 2025 first, has more draft picks than he started with. I I think when I look at this roster, I just see good value, smart players everywhere along it. It's not, right, it's not one. There are holes in it. It's not high-end running backs. There's not the complete depth and flex, but I just see so many ways for this to turn out well. 
Yeah, he he's going to need a couple young players to really hit to get into the championship conversation. But he's got so many that the odds that a few of them hit are really high. And I want to ask you a little bit about your T. Higgins comment. You said he was one of the best values along with DJ Moore. I'm on board with you with DJ Moore. I like T. Higgins to be like wide receiver 12 this year. I can't get him in any league. I'm offering a first and two seconds. Like from a value perspective in in the way that I'm seeing it, he is really overpriced. You know, like I had one person ask for, you know, two firsts and two seconds. Like is that – Okay. Is that what you're seeing or like, cause I, I, from my perspective, he costs an arm and a leg. You know, it really depends on the league. I think if you look, I think a, you're right. A lot of people are kind of smarting up to him. Um, and I think from my, the way I always looked at it is Jamar Chase was so hyped last year. I think Higgins, Higgins got overlooked, but the dynasty community obviously is pretty smart and they're, you know, but yeah, there are some leagues that I did get him a little bit cheaper. Um, so th- that's fair. And I, I'm sure in this league, especially after this comment, we're not going to get it from Dingling. Um, <laughs> I'm going to send a I, trade before I post, uh, before I post it. <laughs> yeah, but to I do add, to add to, like to my last place roster. And, you know, I, I think if you look at a lot of the websites that kind of rank these things, I just see Higgins as a little bit higher, maybe than I'm seeing most of them publicly and certainly a lot higher than the hype. Yeah. Sure. So I look at this team and, you know, we, we've discussed already there's upside in youth. Um, you, know, you start with the fact that this team is going to be a good team for four or five years. Uh, if he makes no real changes whatsoever and just kind of just drafts his draft picks, I'm certainly he'll make some moves. But, you know, if he just kind of stood pat, assuming Russell Wilson's not or Russell Wilson, Zach Wilson's not out for the year. Um, this is a team that's just it's going to win. What do we play? 14 regular season games. It's going to win nine games. You know, it's, it's, it's deep. It's talented. It's got upside. It's got superstar quarterbacks. It's got a stack with T Higgins. There is so much potential on this team. It just hasn't all been realized yet. And so that's the only reason he's at four for me. If you ask like dynasty outlook, this might be team number one. Agreed. Uh, because youth I, I, on youth and high-end youth. And and I, I think Alan Lazard could end up being an 1,100-yard, 12-touchdown receiver this year. And all of a sudden, you're not even really factoring Alan Lazard into this mix, but suddenly he's on the T. Higgins, DJ Moore level, and you just add that. And it, it really could get, you know, overpowered quickly um i want to ask you one last question about this roster and it's really just a comparison thing uh we go back to troutman and we compared their quarterbacks and you know you said you would take their quarterbacks over any would you take lamar jackson and burrow or would you take um mahomes and kyler murray i take mahomes and murray because of mahomes um i I think that lamar jackson and kyler murray i think are pretty similar in my mind um, they're about the same age. Murray's, I think, 25. Jackson's also 25. Um, I, I think Jackson's better. But I don't know. Jackson's 10th and 15th in the last two years. And, sure. you know, Kyler's a little bit better, his stats. Um, I think they're both going to be starting quarterbacks for a while. So I think they're pretty similar. And But I don't know. 
look, Burrow is really freaking good. But Pat Mahomes is, I think, a, on a different level. Um, you know, he's hasn't finished above fourth since he, you know, had that great year in 2018. But I, I just don't see anyone with this level of long-term consistency as Pat Mahomes. So I, I take Pat Mahomes and run it back with Kyler. Sure. Yeah, I, let's move into the top three here. And to me, these are the heavyweights. These are the guys that are ready to compete for a championship right now, don't necessarily need any unexpected breakouts. We'll start with Double Dizzle at number three. Um, you know, enters the disbursement draft because he takes over um, for Kirkaholic. And, oh, lucky him, number one overall pick ends up with Josh Allen. But, you know, he drafted so well. And it just looks like a who's who of the best players in the league for the first five or six slots here. Josh Allen, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Stephon Diggs, Michael Thomas is interesting. And then um, Travis Kelsey. The rest of his, his roster there in the starting lineup is not the best, but you know, Aaron Rodgers as your second quarterback, you know, back-to-back MVP, you could do a whole lot worse. And then there is some depth here on the bench. So um, you ranked uh, him three along with me. What were you seeing? Um, and, and specifically, uh, what do you think about the back half of this starting lineup and his depth? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the question, right? I mean, you get the number one player in the league over the last two years in Allen. So, right, not bad. <laughs> Rodgers, not a bad number two. Baker, I think, is a really good pick in them as your third quarterback. Yeah. I, I think he's going to surprise people this year, and that's solid. But looking at, like you just said, kind of what's the back half, right, without reiterating what you just said, um, I think there's a lot of upside. Um, you know, I think when you look at Mostert, um, you look at Melvin Gordon, um, you look at Michael Carter, who I think is going to be more involved than most people think. Um, and some of your backup kind of wide receivers. I think when you look at your AJ greens, kind of pair them, um, you know, if you need to, um, your Robbie Anderson, all right, maybe they won't work out. I don't know. Um, but you got a little bit of depth there. Um, and then the tight ends, you got Kelsey again, so you get the number one tight end to pair with those quarterbacks and those running backs. Um, not too much else there. Still have a couple tw- picks, not completely empty. But I, I just think when you look at this team and you start with Allen and Rodgers, you get Mixon and Jones, and then you get the Diggs, Thomas, Thielen. It's a great team. I'm not putting it one or two, but you know, Double Dizzle knows how to draft, and he put together a team that could just really compete. Yep, it's overall a pretty old team, especially in the starting lineup. You know, obviously Josh Allen, nice and young. Michael Carter gets his job taken. Elijah Moore, I I honestly think he could be the one this year. Um, But other than that, it is a lot of old dudes. And so, you know, this isn't really a discussion so much for the Dynasty outlook. Um, But for 2022, I mean, he goes into the year with four starting quarterbacks with you know, the two starters and then Baker and Mitchell Trubisky. Um, there's depth. There's high-end talent. He's out of picks pretty well. You know, he's got he's got a few 24s and, and he's got all of his 25s. Um, not a lot of wiggle room to make moves, but, um, 
Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see what he does. I think he will need to make a move or two for some more depth at, at flex positions. Um, but he won't have to overcome, okay, where am I getting my you know high-end points from? He's got four or five guys that on any week could be number one at their position. So, um, yeah, let's move on to number two. We've got D91, who is as all-in as you can possibly be, you know, year one loses the championship in what has to be the greatest game in this league's history uh, to, to Tim Brady. And then, you know, Can last... I just stop you right there for one second? Yep. We're... So year one, we had a matchup of Tim Brady and D91 in the championship. And now we're on year three and our top two, we're projecting Tim Brady and D91. So maybe the question is, what are the rest of us doing wrong? <laughs> Okay, keep oh, going now. Sorry, no, 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 you're 100% right. <laughs> and, you know, D91 had a horrible year, not last year. Not really, though. He just had some injuries. And so, you know, he dumps half his roster to me in a trade that he didn't even think I would accept. And, uh, oh, he's back here already. So, you know, I I love his philosophy here. He is all in. Almost all of the players in his starting lineup are guys you think probably have one to two years left. You know, you do have Mark Andrews in there, but I'll just read the names. Tom Brady, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry. Those are all guys we're not expecting to be relevant in 2024. Keenan Allen, Alvin Kamara, Tyler Lockett, James Conner, Marcus Mariota. All guys in that same conversation. I'm looking at the depth. The bench depth is actually pretty decent at wide receiver yeah. for this year only. And Julio Jones... DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Kenny Galladay, not really any running back depth. He's praying that Jimmy Garoppolo gets a starting job. Um, Uh, Well, that's the elephant in the room, right? The elephant in the room with D91 is, and this is actually a a common theme amongst his teams, right? Go back to uh, the 2020 team that made the championship game, right? He did that, if I remember correctly, on the back of mostly one quarterback all year. Yeah, absolutely. And and that was, you know, very much against what you and I thought was wise to do. Um, it's in the possibility that he's in that very same situation this year. And so this is almost kind of a case study to see if his philosophy makes sense. And, you know, early returns from his success in this league is – It does. I'm honestly kind of surprised. Yeah. I mean, I think if D91, look, if it was not just Brady and Mariota, but it was Brady and, and Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, this is the number one team in the league. Mariota doesn't need to be Lamar Jackson. Um, But I'm curious to see what, what D91 does. Does he start Mariota? Does he, does he maybe go with the philosophy of really going super flex in the more traditional sense? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, D91 still has a 2025 first, still has a couple seconds in there. I mean, there's still some room to make a move for a quarterback. I I mean, even a serviceable one. But again, this is all about what that philosophy is. And um, D91, that that to me is the elephant in the room. It's how, what is that super flex spot? I think if you, you asked me right now in this league, what is the one position on any of our rosters that is going to be the most telling for the championship, I'd say it's 
that one spot, the 91 super flex spot. Hmm, that's a good point. You know, those running backs, Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry, there might be a week this year where they combine for 80 points. I mean, yeah. and that's going to outscore me on a regular week. So, oh man, the, the high end octane of those star players. Respect to you for going all in. Boy, you better hope someone gets in the disbursement draft that you're excited about because he's almost certainly going to disperse. And uh, yeah, it'll that's that. I, I look, I love the players on D91's team. I am you not want to excited disperse to, D91? Absolutely not, because in 2023, I think his roster is going to be worth about two thirds of what it's worth today, if it's even worth that much. And I love it for 2022. I am scared completely about it for 2023 so that is one of two teams i won't put the other person on blast sorry d91 we're putting you number two we can't say all nice things so all right gosh do we have to do all this right, again we're done with the pod now I yeah that's we that's to. enough we, that's we, it we yeah all right hey have a good one all right <laughs> gosh darn it stupid tim brady you why do you again. have to do this you you know how is it that you win the championship twice in a row, end up in the disbursement draft for some crazy reason, and then in the first two picks end up with the top two players at each of their positions in Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup? How did we allow this? Well, how whoa, is whoa, this possible? Wait, wait, wait. When you say how did we allow this? Yeah, this is your I was fault, not in Steve. the dispersal draft. If you had joined, maybe you wouldn't have allowed this. I'm okay. blaming you. Well, like I, I can't blame myself anymore. Like I already lost in a championship. I did my best. Okay. Who do? You, well, but who did you pick in the first round in the dispersal draft? Uh, it was either take your pick because I was on the turn. It was either Tyreek Hill or uh, Kyle Pitts. Which uh, Tyreek Hill wholly regrets, Batman. Yeah, um, I'd imagine you'd much prefer Cooper Cup. Yeah, by Cooper a mile. Cup at yeah. this point. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I had no concept that he was going to get moved from possibly the greatest quarterback we've seen other than Tom Brady to whatever Tua is. But here we are. I think the way to analyze this is just to be clear. If he wins again, how does that work? Do we have any typo you know, in the bylaws? Did we ever decide that? Maybe that's how we should spend our next two minutes. We did. We did. So I actually reached out to the fantasy footballers who were kind enough to answer me, and I posted it. It's pinned in our messages right now. And uh, the fantasy footballer said, uh, I, I gave them our exact bylaws and said, make a ruling if Tim Brady wins in 2022 – does he win? I mean, it'll just be one single year's worth of the jackpot. And they said, yes, based on your, you know, the way you've worded it. Yes, he would win it because it's just winning a second year in a row. So, yep, you know, right. it, it's, it's, this would be a second, this would be a third year in a row, which is more than a second. So yes. Um, God dang it. Look at this team. I mean, Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan safe as it comes not your super high upside, but here's your super high upside. Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans. Saquon Barkley could get there. I'm not predicting it, but certainly could. Leonard Fournette. Brandon Cooks is a top 15 receiver every freaking year. Cortland Sutton could be a top 10 with Russell Wilson. 
Cooper. It's just not. It's not. Cooper oh, could I, be a league winner when when Watson comes back. I mean, that's. Yeah, Amari, yeah I, I'm not even on the. Is, it, is he on the? Where, where am I looking here? Amari yeah. Cooper. Uh, Hunter Henry. I honestly, I have Hunter Henry in a lot of leagues this year because he's dirt cheap. And I honestly think he takes a big step forward. I think Mac Jones trusts him. And I really think Hunter Henry, I think 15 touchdowns is in the possibility. I don't think he's ever going to be a thousand yard receiver. I don't think that's ever happening, but well, he had nine last year. There's no reason he can't hit 15. I think it's on the table. I think they become a better offense and I think he's clearly the best red zone target. And so can we talk for a second, how Tim Brady has two twenty four firsts and a 25 first. And he traded me Debo Samuel. That was surprising to me. What, you know, yeah. what? you were negotiating with him. What's your take on that? And I'll give you mine, but yeah, that was shocked me. I, I was surprised we got there. Um, I overpaid. Um, and that was one of the ones I thought I overpaid on. But I felt like I needed to overpay to get kind of a couple of high-end talents. So I, I don't understand it from Tim Brady's perspective. But he's smart, knows what he's doing. He now has this extra ammo, and he can use this at the deadline. So if I did overpay for it and he knows it, then... You know, look, he could package three first round picks to me at the deadline and grab, I don't know, take your choice. I don't want to negotiate for him. <laughs> does, does he want, you know? I Tyree mean, I'll, I'll, I'll negotiate for him. If he wants to send me three first round picks for Jalen Hurts, who I love this year, Jalen Hurts will be on his roster. And none of those are 2023s. So it's not like he's given up the prize possession of the yeah. fantasy community. And, and look, I, if I have to poke a hole though in Tim Brady, and I've been doing this every year and I'm wrong, is his quarterbacks are old and a little flip, uh, you know. We didn't even mention Derek Carr, but he's in that same class of, he's yeah. in the Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, somewhere sandwiched in the middle of those two. Well, well look, Tim Brady is two quarterbacks, Ryan and Carr. Oh, I'm sorry, and Stafford, three. Yep. So you can lose one of them or have one of them be ineffective. But those are not the type end top end quarterbacks and they are a little bit risky. So I think at the end of the day, and I've said this every year, that's always been my holdup with Tim Brady's teams is that he doesn't have those. He is kind of older veteran quarterbacks without the upside, but. Look, last, it doesn't year, matter. last year it was Tom Brady, no? Tom Brady and uh Stafford, I'm thinking. Yeah. So I was I was definitely higher on Tom Brady than I am on Matt Ryan or Derek Carr. So I definitely think it's a step backwards for him in that department. Um so Tom Brady scored four hundred and forty eight points last year in our league. Mm-hmm. Let's see, just for reference. Matt Ryan gave Stafford us, did three ninety. And Matt Ryan was all the way down at two forty three, playing seventeen games. And Carr was at 281. So huge step down from Brady. Um, So, yeah, let's see. Let's see if any of these quarterbacks take a step forward. Would it shock you if Tim Brady makes a move for Jalen Hurts or any of these other quarterbacks using those, you know, draft picks? No. Of course not. And, you know, while Tim Brady hasn't been the most active in trades in our league, he's certainly active enough. And – 
I, I swear, I go back and I look at the deals he makes, and they're always just so shrewd. Like, they're just, they're not frequent, but they just always seem to address an issue. And, like, last year, I'm thinking his running backs, maybe it was two years ago, his running backs were not that great. But, like, now he has incredible running backs. He has incredible wide receivers. He has four guys in the starting lineup that absolutely could finish top 12. Both his running backs, all three of them in the starting lineup, could absolutely finish top 12. I think what you're saying is the opposite type of trader than I am, right? Well, yeah, I mean... (laughs) I sometimes make a move for the heck of it. (laughs) Well, you and me are both that way. I mean, you and me are like... Exactly. Sometimes I'm just laying in bed at two in the morning and someone offers me something that's fair and I'm like, oh, that'd be fun. And I smash accept the majority yeah, of no, the Tim Brady's are always like shrewd. That, but, he's a smart trader. Yeah. And, and which, which again makes the Debo Samuel thing so interesting to me, but you know, I, I do get it. Especially like a lot of people think Debo Samuel's last year was unsustainable. And the reality is it probably was, but at the same time you look at his roster is Debo Samuel going to be better than Cooper Cup this year? No. Is he going to be better than Mike Evans? I think it's a coin flip. You sure. know, and then it, it, if you're not super high on Debo and you think Debo is going to be like wide receiver nine or ten this year, okay, that's probably on pace with what Cortland Sutton's going to be, and that's you know in the ballpark of what Brandon Cooks is going to be. All of a sudden, Debo's not like some massive upgrade for you. So now sending Debo for two firsts and a second. When you do have a bit of a quarterback issue, maybe that makes a ton of sense because now you just have so much flexibility. Most people always want draft picks. You know, you might have two to three owners in the entire league willing to trade for Debo Samuel at value. And so from that perspective, anytime you can make, you know, something that's a little harder to buy into more of a liquid asset, like a draft pick, I like that. And so um, I don't love it on the surface, but I love what it's about to become, which I will almost certainly expect him to move at least one of those picks this year. All right, so who's winning this league? Are we <sighs> having another D91 Tim Brady matchup? Is that actually going to happen? What do, what do <laughs> we do if this guy wins three years in a row? Like, I think we have to we... rename the league. Like, forever Tim Brady. Yeah. I mean, do we just kick him out or do we kick all of ourselves out and then the league is just his? Like, what do we do here? Oh, man. Man, man, man. I think man. we have the topic for the next podcast. Gosh, no. Please don't do this. Look, anyone but Tim Brady. I'm going to name my team that. Anyone but Tim Brady. Come on, guys. Do something. I tried my best last year. All right, guys. Well, now that we've kissed Tim Brady's ass enough, we will catch you guys another time. We'll try to get one in maybe middle of the season, and then uh, we'll have a live pod coming at you in December. That should be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm super excited for that game. I'm super excited for A.J. Brown to score three touchdowns and for you to be weeping the entire time in, in 10-degree weather. It'll be great. I'm going to save my trash talk for that podcast. (laughs) All right, man. I'll catch you later. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, Zach. See everybody.